My personal journey, I feel, was like most. We go to college and we're like, okay, I'm gonna get married, and of course, that's just the next step. People didn't talk about singleness being a positive thing, that it was an empowering thing. I wish that I had had adults in my life back then that would have told me, you don't have to be married to have a fulfilling, awesome life. So Angie, good morning. Good morning. So excited to sit with you this morning and reconnect. And um, I would just love to know what you have been up to today. Yeah. Well, my husband and I are starting a very fun adventure together. And we are opening a Parlor Donuts here in Branson, Missouri. Um, We're trying to get it off the ground um, like the beginning of May. So for any of you traveling to Branson in the summer, you'll have to plan to come to Parlor Donuts. What now... Is it just regular donuts or? No. So it's oh. extra special. It's um, it's a layered donut or a croissant donut. And so it is light and airy and flaky and amazing, Yvonne. You're going to have to try one. <laughs> oh, I want to. I would love to. I love me some donuts. Yes. Yes. My boys, true. they. I think it's probably one of their favorite foods in the oh, world. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a special treat, like, but it, you can have it for breakfast. Come on. I know. And I love breakfast. I know. Oh my goodness. Scott, he teases me because this is kind of how I, I roll. I, if I could have the perfect day, I would sleep in really late, yeah. like yeah. until like 10 30 or 11, oh, yeah. not feed my kids, not feed my husband <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> yes. I just like to skip like early breakfast and then I would have a um, brunch. Like I just love brunch. Yeah. And Scott's just like, you, you just like to ignore the first meal of the day, but then pretend that the first meal starts at lunch. I'm like, yes, it's called brunch. Yes. (laughs) So for all you brunch lovers out there, Yvonne is right there with you. She is a brunch girl. I am. I am, I and it. I'm asleep. Like I just like to sleep. You like Let's your sleep. Let's just be honest. I did hear recently that when we didn't before electricity, people would sleep eleven hours a night. Whoa! Probably because they would go to bed so early. Yeah, and then yeah, totally because they, it, they didn't have any electricity, so they couldn't <laughs> do anything once it got dark. That would be so weird. Yeah. It'd probably be really good for our brain. I don't know. I like my night. Yeah, you're a late, you're a night owl. I am. Yeah. You're definitely a night owl. Yeah. I am an early to bed, early riser, Yvonne. You and I are very opposite in that. I mean. I know. I've picked yeah. up on that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like wide awake. <laughs> I will I will totally like text you at like midnight and I'm like, yeah. poor Angie. No. <laughs> notifications off. We're good, but you'll get a response at like 6.15, you know? Yes. (laughs) Thank goodness for being able to turn off the phone and put it on silent. Yes. That is a good thing. Yeah. Scott's worse than me, actually. He will stay up like 1 a.m. Really? Oh, he's bad. Hey, you guys make a good couple then. Yes. If we honestly, if, if the boys weren't young, like I have a feeling when they get into their teenage years, we're going to be up really 
around oh, totally. here. Totally. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. It'll be fun. Okay. Well, we should, we should get into our topic, you know, because we've got some good information for our single ladies today. Yes. Let's do it. Okay. So I wrote a blog in August about five ways I was making singleness harder. And I just think that this concept is like, sometimes I didn't ever realize that I was making things harder than they were. Like the concept in and of itself isn't hard, but I was making it harder. So can you check with that, Yvonne? Like, are there things in your life that you make harder? Oh, I'm sure I do. Just... Like when you say make harder, do you mean by how I think about things? Totally. It's like there's a situation, but then I add on so much more to it that makes it like levels of hard, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like probably for me, it's with parenting, but um, thinking back to when I was single, I mean – I got so stuck in my head a lot about it. Yeah. Well, and I think that's key. Like we want to really help our single listeners understand that like there's a way you can look at singleness that creates ease. There's a way Mm -hmm. that you can look at singleness that creates like um, opportunity and things like that. But there's also so many ways that we're kind of unconscious, subconsciously making it harder on ourselves. And we can take kind of control of that and make it so we don't have to create so much unnecessary suffering is what I like to call. So I'm going to break these five down, Yvonne, and we're going to just discuss them a little bit. So the first way that um, I tended to, and I see a lot of single women um, tend to add to their struggle is that they have these subtle thoughts like it just shouldn't be this way. So they're really just fighting with what is. They're having a hard time accepting their singleness. And so it's that subtle, um, I was never going to be this old and single, or I wasn't, you know, and they just, it's just that whole belief that they didn't picture this. And so they kind of fight against it. Can you, can you see ways that you fought against your singleness? Oh, goodness. Yeah. I mean, even to the point of probably getting angry at yeah. times yeah. about it. Um, well, I think like one of the things that from a Christian perspective and from like my relationship with God, like one of the things that I would think about is just like God is holding out on me. Yeah. He, yeah. He, um, I don't know, just kind of that whole thought of, yeah, he doesn't love me as much as everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. And so like you're, you were kind of using like your circumstance almost as a way God was kind of like not fulfilling what you felt like he should. So not only was it like, it shouldn't be like this. It was kind of the thought of like, God shouldn't be withholding this from me. Yeah, obviously, um, making marriage to be more than it really is. Yeah. Like like in that thought process, it's like God is withholding something better yes. than what he's giving me right now. Totally. And that's a lie. Yeah, I mean, totally. That, that, that thought is functioning in the way that the world thinks about relationships yeah. about singleness in general. Totally. So totally. Yeah. And and like what I think is so interesting is it's the subtlest of thoughts like that guy and I should have worked out, 
you know, it sounds like so like factual in your mind, but that is just fighting against the fact that it didn't work out and that you're not accepting that you, that it didn't work out. So a lot of that language of on that, that leads to acceptance is thoughts like, this is for me. This is exactly how it was going to be. This is, you know, I was always going to be 37 and single, or my sister was always going to be married before I was. And it's just that real, the language around that is just so much more of acceptance instead of the, the language that's kind of like resisting or kind of pushing it away. Like, I don't want it. Um, I don't like it. Those kind of thoughts really keep you in that fighting against reality mentality. The second thing that I noticed is that I was making singleness and being a certain age and single mean that there was something wrong with me. So instead of just looking at it as like, hey, this is for me and this is, I was always going to be, you know, 27 and having a birthday and single, I made it mean like, well, I must be, um, I must be too much. I must not be pretty enough. I might be too large. I might be, and I just had this whole kind of thoughts that really um, consumed what was wrong with me. Did you live in that kind of belief system at all? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I definitely had those thoughts. Okay, so listeners here is my little guilty pleasure confessional. I love watching The Bachelor and The yes, Bachelorette. Yes, I love it. I do. I'm a big fan. I have watched it for years and years and years. That's a side <laughs> note. <laughs> but it's it it's like I I don't know why I like it because it's the same show every time. Every time a guy and it's guys too, a guy or a girl is rejected and sent home. The first things out of their mouth are, I don't know why he didn't want me. I don't know what is wrong with me. Like, why am I, like, why am I not chosen? And it's the, what is wrong with me is the most common thing that comes out of their mouth. Like they're not enough, that belief. And, you know, of course I thought that like just watching that show and that's partly why I like watching it is because it it is a good reminder of like we as human beings, I mean, we're just so predictable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Satan really doesn't have anything new to do with no. us because right. he just does he just pulls the same tricks over and over. Totally. totally. You know, and yeah. and these are the most beautiful people. Some of the most beautiful people, according oh, to worldly standards, in yes. the world. Yes. And they are the ones, perfect bodies, yeah. you know, and some of them yeah. are really smart. Some of them are charming. You know, they know how to do the dating game, these yes. people. And they are asking the same question that all of us other, quote unquote, normal, normal. average people yeah, are asking. Yeah. And so- that's partly what I love about it because it's just yeah. like so okay. I'm they're no different than me. Totally. Right? Totally. Yeah, and I think that what you said there is really key is like when we are quote unquote unwanted or rejected or something doesn't work out, our immediate go-to bike path is what is wrong with me? 
as opposed yep. to, oh my gosh, this is so great that this didn't work out. Like that's just not ingrained within our, right. you know, brain. You know, it's not right. like you get into a wreck and you're like, oh, this is perfect. This is exactly what, you know, you get into a wreck and you immediately think, what did I do wrong? Who's to blame? How, who do I point a finger at? You know, and so it's hard for you to, like, it's, I think about The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, it'd be hard for them to go home and to think, you know, I am just so grateful that they didn't choose me because that means someone else is out there for me. You know, no oh, one's going to, no one's, but that mindset would be so much more worthwhile for where you're actually headed, right? Like if someone doesn't choose you, there's nothing wrong with you. You just haven't found your quote unquote, like match, like your love match, the person who you want to give your love to and they want to give their love to you. Yes. And so, yeah. I was just going to say, <clears throat> kind of going along with, sorry, <clears throat> Kind of going along with what you were saying, um, I just did. I've been doing a Bible study with some some ladies, and we just went through a chapter on God's purpose for our lives. Yeah. And in that chapter, it was like at the end of the chapter, it always asks questions, and some of the questions kind of seem like obvious. And yeah. some of the girls in the Bible study were kind of like, "Of course, the answer is God is good, and of course, yeah. the answer is God loves me." Yeah. But what I started to challenge them in was, I know you know that in your right. head, right. but in reality, what we were just talking about. Yeah. of like when circumstances go not the way that you want it to go, yeah. you stop believing that. Yeah, totally. Right? Yes. And so going with what you were talking about when it yeah. comes to dating and when, you know, that rejection happens. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, uh, this was not easy for me. I, right. I didn't do it well. But yeah. your your statement of, Seeing that this is actually good, that yeah. this relationship didn't work out, be that being the thought that you focus on, that statement is actually true trust in God yeah. and preaching it to yourself to the point where you are believing that same that same statement of yes. what you know in your head is true in yeah. most situations that God loves you. Yeah. That he's got your best for you in mind yes. and that he is good. Yes. So if you can go back to those three things in your dating life, yeah. oh my gosh, it would yeah. transform the way that you handle dating and the way you handle rejection 100%. and your own self, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, because you're going to stop making it mean there's something wrong with you. You're going to stop making it mean that you need to change to get someone to love you. Like I just, that concept is just mind blowing. Like you're a hundred percent lovable just the way you are. You there, you don't need to lose the 20 pounds to be liked by someone. The person that God is going to call to like you and love you is going to love you just the way you are. Yeah. You just have to be willing to put in the time and effort and, you know, the dates and meeting people to get to him quote unquote, yeah. you know, I mean, that's the work that people want to avoid doing because that sounds so painful. It's only painful if we make it painful, you know? Okay. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that? If yeah. you make it painful, 
because well, I mean, you it think is about painful. it through that lens, right? Like, right. like if you think about like, let's say Yvonne, you know, you're going on a date and a guy says to you, Hey, I don't, I don't want you. And he even says to you, like, you know, you're just, you're too loud and you're, you're too, you're impatient or, you know, he says something. And those are all things that you have a hard time loving about yourself. And then for this person to say, they don't want to choose that, right. It'd be very easy to believe like, oh yes, those are things that I must change in order to gain love. And the reality is not like you don't need to be someone who goes to bed earlier so that this person, so that you're lovable. You just have to find the person like that is wanting to love all of that in you. Absolutely. And that's key, right? Like you, we have a hard time loving ourselves and it's hard for us to believe that someone can love us flaws and all, and that we can love them flaws and all. And that is what makes marriage and that kind of relationship so unique and special is there's no magical dust that's put on marriage. It's just, we're going to wake up every day and think about you in a way that makes me love you and choose you. Listeners, for those of you who haven't listened to any of our podcasts before this one, um, Angie does a really good job of helping her clients and us to learn how to change our emotions and our Mm -hmm. beliefs by how we think. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of like that whole statement of we make it painful. Yeah. We make it painful because of how we choose to think about it. Right. Yes. Yes. So, so what we're trying to do here is help you to learn how to think about rejection differently And to think about singleness differently so that you can feel differently and function differently in your current season of life. It doesn't mean you will be forever single. You may be, but you may not be. But if you are forever single and you learn how to think about it differently, you're going to be happy with it. Totally. Totally. Yes. So true. I love that, Yvonne. Hi, friends. We just wanted to take a moment to remind you about our new website, We would love for you to check us out at adventuringsolo.com where you can find our podcast, but also blogs and other resources. Also, if you enjoy what we are doing here at Adventuring Solo, we would love for you to share the podcast with your friends and family. You can do that through sharing on your personal Facebook and Instagram pages. An even greater way to spread the word is to leave us a rating and review on your favorite listening app. The more we grow our ratings, the more people will be able to find us. Thanks again for listening, and here's more of our episode. Yeah, so Yvonne, um, to kind of go back, first thing that we kind of discussed was that we fight with our reality of our singleness, so we wish that it was different. The second thing is that we make our singleness mean something about us. So we are are using our singleness to critique ourselves, okay? And then the third thing is that we desire to feel a certain way and we think that we'll feel that way when we're married. And so we don't, like we don't create feeling that way until then. And so then we make our singleness like feel like that's lacking in those areas, okay? So... Mm For me specifically, I wanted to feel seen, known, and wanted, but I 
you know, wasn't, I wasn't dating anyone. No one was seeing me, knowing me, you know, all those kind of things and wanting me. And so I was like missing all of that. I wasn't seeing myself. I wasn't knowing myself. I wasn't wanting myself. And I was expecting that someday when a guy did all of that, I would all of a sudden feel seen, known, and wanted. But even when a guy started to, you know, see me, know me, and want me, I would reject that. I would be like, no, 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 no. You don't really, you know, get me. You don't really understand me. You don't really want me because I had been like, I hadn't created that in my singleness. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that for you? Like, like what were you missing out on until a guy was going to choose you, you know? You know, it's, this makes me think in a different way. Yeah. I have a really good friend who is in her 40s um, and she's still single and she had the best idea. Um, She had kind of gone through a season of like holding out on getting things for her home. Yes. So, you know, and I did this. Like when you're in your early 20s, you think, okay, I've got this apartment or I'm living with my roommate. And I'm just going to hold out to get new pots and pans or a nice comforter or whatever, because I may eventually get married, hopefully sooner than later, and I'll have a bridal shower and a wedding shower, right? So my friend had this brilliant idea. When she turned 40, she said, that's it. I don't care anymore. I am having a shower. And so- when she turned 40, she like her her family, they did a big shower for her and they bought her all the nice things for her yes. apartment. Yes. And I was like, that is brilliant. Yes. Why in the world am I holding out on that? Like that's yes. the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Totally. Yeah. And I think that that's like, you know, when you like you've said this before, like you didn't get a nice car because you wanted to get a, you know, you thought that you were going to get a car for a family, you know, like the things that we like hold out on because we think that'll all happen when we're married, but we're keeping ourselves from enjoying the things that we want until then. So we're making that harder as a single person. We're we're adding that to singleness. I was listening to this podcast with Tara Lee Cobble as the um, the guest, and she's yeah. single, and she yeah. has this amazing ministry slash business that she has started for yeah. um, discipling people. And I mean, it's incredible what she has done as a single yeah. woman. But on the interview, she talked about how the Lord really spoke to her that she needed to be single mm-hmm. um, indefinitely. Mm-hmm. And I think she may at some point become open to getting married again, but for now, at least it looks like she's going to be single and she's being ver- feeling very called to that. Yeah. So when that happened, she had, okay, so she had been saving all of her travel points to use for a future honeymoon. Totally. But when she had this moment with the Lord, she was like, what am I doing? I am going to take, she called it her nunny moon. (laughs) And so she went somewhere exotic. I I can't remember where 
on her own by herself, her and the Lord and like spent the money on herself and spent the points. And I just think that that's so awesome. You know what I mean? Totally. And just trusting that, like, not that it's bad to hope and dream and save and be wise. It's not. Right. But at the same time, I don't know, like there's something to be said about just being present in the season God has you in and not holding yourself back. Yes. Well, and anytime your brain says, well, we'll do that when we're married, then you feel like you're missing out on it until that gets, you know, it's like a double whammy. Because then you're like, your brain's like, well, we both know you're probably not going to get married. So then that like, and you just like, it's, it just creates so much more like pushback and tension. So I love that. I I want to make singleness easier for women who are just like, enjoy the season that you're in and stop postponing enjoyment for when you're married or when you're dating or whatever. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The fourth thing is, you know, since... Since I was convinced that there was something wrong with me, um, my only kind of thing that my brain could do is just play the comparison game. And mm-hmm. what's so sneaky about the comparison game, Yvonne, is, you know, you feel good or you feel bad, but it's all based on who you're judging yourself against. So, mm-hmm. you know, if it's like, oh, well, I'm 30 and single, well, at least I'm not my friend who's 40 and single, right? So then we feel good for a second, But then we turn around and we're like, oh, but, and then we fill in the blank of like what, you know, oh, well, maybe I sing better than her. So, you know, like we just play this game. So how have you seen like comparison? I mean, it creeps into our lives even now, but like when you were single, what was the comparison game like for you? I think about when I was in college, I know I had this whole thought process in my head that guys especially Christian guys had this certain type in general, like they needed to be pretty. They needed to be, um, athletic, but also feminine. They needed to kind of be sweet Mm -hmm. and love children. Like just a certain, the certain stereotype in my head. And it like, I think I tried to be that instead of focusing on who am I? Yes. You know? Yes. And just learning, figuring out who who God had made me to be instead of trying to be this certain type that mm-hmm. I thought guys might go for, yeah. you know? Yes. Well, and I think that's really key. I think that there's, like you were comparing yourself against the stereotype that you yeah. had made up in your brain. You know, mm-hmm. and I think I would, I tended to compare myself with those that were around me because I felt like there was a competition. And so I think it turned into like, oh, these are the six guys on campus that I like, or these are the six guys in the singles ministry when I'm, you know, 25 or, you know, and so then it turned into like the survival of the fittest. And so it was like, there was a definitely a scarcity mindset from my end because I'm like, oh, you know, 
I mean, if I'm going to get this, I have to be better than everybody else. And it created such a horrible tearing apart of even just that solid community. It's like, well, at least I'm better than her or, oh, he might pick her because she's thinner than I am or, you know, it just creates such um, scarcity mindset, but it keeps you in that belief system of like, you have to be the best, you know, so whatever that best is in your mind to be chosen or to win or to get picked. Yeah. So what would you tell someone who struggles with that comparison? Like how can they break out of that? Because it is so – everybody compares. I mean, married people compare. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And I feel like if you can't get past the comparison game when you are single, you're not going to – you're going to just do it when you're married too because then it'll become, look at that couple and they've got this or they've got that in their relationship. It won't even necessarily be about like – uh, like their house or yeah. whatever, yeah. it would right. be about their relationship probably. Totally. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. So the, the advice that I would give is just that the reason your brain is going to comparing and like it's going to that is because you're asking it a question that it's trying to solve. So for me, it was like, for like, what is wrong with me? And so then my brain goes to finding that by either looking to my past to say, well, these are all the things that are wrong with you or to the people around you. And then this is like, it's trying to look for what you're doing different. And so it's bringing that to your attention. So I wouldn't ask the question, what is wrong with me? You know what I mean? I, I notice when my, when I'm starting to compare, I would peel back, what am I trying to solve in my brain by comparing my house to someone else or my my ministry skills to somebody else or the friendships that we have. You know, like what am I trying to solve in my mind? And typically it's what's wrong with me or why am I behind or why am I still single or why it's some sort of question that your brain is trying to answer. So I would start by like noticing when that's happening and I would answer the question with there is nothing wrong with me. There isn't, you know, the reason I'm still single is and give an answer to your brain. It's because that's what the Lord has for me right now. And that's what's best for me. And that's his purpose right now. And if I want things to be different, you know, I can ask the Lord what I need to do or whatever. But Yvonne, the simplest, you know, thing is to one, you know, start kind of seeing the negative slanted questions that your brain is asking and solving. And then two, you're typically doing all that from a place of scarcity. There's one piece and you have to get it. So how do you get it before everyone else does, right? That we've got to start changing our our, uh, beliefs of, you know, God created all the men, you know, it's not like he, there's some that he didn't create, you know, he created all of them. So as a single woman, you've got to believe that there's a, there's a ton of amazing quality single guys and guys, you've got to start believing there's a ton of amazing quality girls and that, you know, it's easy for your brain to think there's not that many. And so then that scarcity creates competition and that competition creates the comparison. Yeah. I mean, with that statement too, like it makes me think about Scott's and my story. Um, I mean, Scott and I, I know that God had Scott for me and me for Scott because we passed by each other so many times through a 10 year period. We could have met, 
well, we did meet, yeah. we were around each other, yeah. but like never connected, never yeah. even had like a real conversation. Right. And I mean, you know, I went through thinking that same thought, like there's nobody out there. Well, in reality, God had somebody specific for me and he was keeping us from each other for a while. For a great reason. Yeah. For a really good reason. Like we just were not ready for each other yet. It didn't mean we were immature. It's just that God had plans for me as a single woman and had plans for him as a single man. And yes, he was teaching us things and growing us ready for marriage, but that's not the whole point of life. He was using us as singles too, because we had things to offer as single people that we can't offer in the same way now because we're married. It looks different in a good way, but that was a good way too. It just was different. Right? Yes. It's easier, Yvonne, for you and I to see that from this side of marriage. It's very hard for a single person to say, oh, I can see God's at work and he's working in my man and he's working in me and he's going to bring us together at the right time. It's so hard to believe that. It's so much easier to believe I just don't think marriage is for me. There must be something wrong with me. You know what I mean? And to get, and to like create this whole story that isn't serving you or drawing you closer to who God does want you to be. So yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Our last thing that, you know, I was doing that was making my singleness harder was I was just really focusing on the hard stuff. And so I really teach a lot about how in singleness there is, there's a 50% positive to your life and because of singleness, and there's a 50% negative because of singleness. But for some reason, my brain just kept dangling. Life would be better when I'm married. Life would be better when I'm married. All of it would get somehow it was just going to go away and and life was going to be so much better married. So I was so focused on the negative of singleness and thinking yeah. that marriage was better. So how, how was that for you? Even though I could have said, I know that marriage isn't better, mm-hmm. I would have said that to you. Oh, yeah. I didn't really believe it. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. Not for myself. Yeah, I think that like one of the things that's very easy for singles to do is like, you know, because of singleness, there are actual circumstances that are different, right? So like being single at holidays or celebrations or no one to celebrate your birthday with because you're all by yourself. It'd be very easy to focus on the fact that you're alone every Friday night or, you know, and, and to hone in on the lack But what I want to offer you is when you focus on the hard, that magnifies. When you focus on everything that singleness isn't, you know, that that you're not in marriage marriage yet, it creates you just, you know, you you just keep spinning out in that space. So so the best way, Yvonne, to kind of move out of that is like, okay, yeah, when I'm sick right now, it's just me, but I don't have to throw a fit about that. I can also understand that this is a season that just looks different. This is a season maybe that I've got to call a friend and ask her to bring me NyQuil or, you know, like, like it's not always going to be like this. And if it is like this, God's going to teach me and train me, but I'm never going to move, you know, and be in a place where I enjoy it if I'm constantly focused on the hard. So, Opening up to there's a 50-50 to my singleness. And listen, if you can do this as a single, you can figure out how to do this when you're married. And you can figure out how to do this when you have kids. Yep. 
That's really good. The 50-50 rule is still true when you're married. (laughs) Yeah, right? It's just different issues, different problems. It's just some different negative stuff and some different positive stuff. You know, the things that we loved when we were single, you know, I bet when you were single, you could wake up late and you could enjoy brunch and you could, you know, you could stay up super late and not have any responsibilities in the morning, right? Now, like you don't get that anymore. Like you're, you're married and you have kids, you know? So helping single, like helping you as a single person understand you know, this is a season, but you don't have to make it harder. You can frame the season of singleness in your mind in a way that makes it easier. And you can enjoy your season of singleness more when you're focused on um, the good in it and what you enjoy about it and what you want to make of it and stop making it mean something's wrong with you. You need to compare yourself. You know, you can't handle this and, and just really reframe that for your, for yourself. Which from a, a spiritual perspective, like everything you're talking about there is like exactly what Paul talked about when he yes. said, I learned, I have learned how to be content in much and I've learned how to be content with little. Yes. And I mean, that is what you're talking about. Yes. There, yeah. It's like Paul had right there yes. is saying yes. the 50-50 rule, yeah. you know, half of life yeah. is hard, half of life yeah. is easy right. or good, you know, and I mean, that's what he's talking about. The seeker to contentment is learning how to be thankful and grateful and keeping your eyes on, what does he say? Um, there's a verse about the things you think about. Whatever is true, whatever about. is lovely, yeah, whatever is noble, whatever, you know, that is, think on those things. Think on those things. There's the practical truth of it, but there's also God calls us to that. Yes. yes. Right. And that truth and that scripture still is going to be true when you're married someday. And then again, whenever you are a widow or a widower or you're, you're old and possibly a nursing home or a retirement home, you know, and your kids leave home and you're an empty nester because this is life. Life is always changing on us and shaking up our circumstances where we get uncomfortable again, right? Yes. And so we have to learn how to practice that now so we can enjoy life and be content in whatever the circumstance is, which is what Paul is saying. 100%. I love it. And 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 to add to that, you know, the reason that Paul was able to affect his circumstances is because he deeply believed that all of those things were for him and for God's glory. So when he's yes. if if you're in your single, you know, when he's in jail, he's like this is for my good and for God's glory. And he just then he could affect jail and he could let God use him in jail because he was in that right mind you know, and, and ladies, same with your singleness. He can use your singleness if you're in that right mindset. This is for God's glory and my good. Yeah. Thank goodness. Paul was able to do that. We wouldn't have half of the new Testament. Amen. Amen. Right. Yeah. Right. So true. Yes. Yes. So I, I love that these are just 
you know, five simple things that you can actually think about right now. Am I doing this? Are these the things that I'm practicing right now? And if I am, maybe work on tweaking one of them and it'll make it make your season of singleness a little bit easier. So I'm glad that we could talk through those concepts today and put a little bit of meat behind it so that they can kind of understand maybe how they're doing that as well. Awesome. Thanks, Angie, for leading us through such great tips and great ways to change the way we think about our circumstances. Well, listeners, have a wonderful week, and we will catch you here next in two weeks. Um, And in the meantime, uh, we encourage you to go find yourself a fun adventure.